Hello, and welcome to the Cubicorn Games Podcast. My name is Dustin Morabito. This is going to be an exciting episode. Always is. Joining me as usual today, Lorraine Morabito is here. That's true. I'm here. Hello. My partner in crime. <laughs> <laughs> you Podca- can't prove anything. Fellow podcasty. Podcasty. Podcaster. Podcaster. Podcastor. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and we've got another guest this Yay! week. We've got uh, another local developer whose games we played game we played recently that is very exciting, and I'm very interested uh, to talk to her about stuff she's made and what else is going on. So please uh, introduce yourself to the audience. Hi, hey, uh, my name is Lily Valine. Uh, I recently released a game called Boss Game: The Final Boss of My Heart. I'm a local Michigan game dev, and I make games that make people cry. Yeah, I can, I can, I can, uh, you know, I can testify to that. I did just finish the game like two days ago or something. Mm. What day is today? Oh, awesome. Tuesday? Tuesday. I finished it over the weekend. I think it was Sunday mm. night. I did the last thing. You know, I, I got the credits to roll. Nice. <laughs> cool. Um, I'll get to that point eventually. For sure. And I'll say that that's again. You know, I I kind of say this just to. In a lot of cases, when we're talking about the way we play games, but that's a high praise for me. Yeah, you don't I, finish anything. Yeah, I'm a chronic non-completer of things. <laughs> like as far as games, I like it's at least a ten to one ratio of like games I start versus games yeah. I finish. Like I, I do not finish nearly the number of games that I like begin playing. But I really Absolutely enjoyed boss no. games, so it was a, a good time getting that done. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. No, I, I'm very much the same way with games. Like. Especially because there's so many games that are longer out nowadays. It's yeah. hard to find. Oh, 100%. Find the time. Most people have, you know, jobs and stuff like that. For sure. And like I said, for me, it's not even usually intentional. It's just like you fall off of something. And depending on, like, if it's if it's something that's sufficiently complicated, like, you just kind of forget how to play it after a few weeks. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, well, it would take like, me at least a couple hours to just even remember what the hell I yeah. need to do in this. Deep in a story <laughs> and you forget where the, the thing was going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, it was a great time. So uh, I do have a couple questions for you, if you don't mind answering stuff. And again, feel free to, you know, answer in whatever, yeah. whatever way you like, or take the conversation where you please. But my first one is, uh, like, how have things been post-launch? Because it's been a couple weeks now since the game's been out on mobile, right? Yeah. Yep. It came out. When did it come out now? Near the end of October, October twentieth, I think. Okay. So right before Halloween. Not quite yeah. two months. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's been wild. It's been <laughs> it's been great. Like it's. It's very weird because I had to like, I took the day off. So I work full time. Mm-hmm. I took the day off on launch day and I was like, wow, I just spent the whole day kind of just like, you know, promoting stuff or whatever. Uh-huh. And kind of just, you know, I got lots of, lots of people saying congratulations and lots of emails and stuff like that. And then the next day I had to go back to work and I was like, well, I guess I'm going back. <laughs> Illusion <laughs> like, shattered, right? It's just like, oh. Such a, it's such a weird like jump. But I'm still, you know, and I'm still having people reach out or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll just like ignore those for now. And like, I, it's hard to balance. But um, yeah, since, since it came out, like people have been, uh, people have been really enjoying it. I've gotten a lot of like really wonderful feedback. I got, I've got some people sending really nice emails, people sending me really nice messages and just being like, oh, this game, you know, from kind of across the spectrum of like different reasons people enjoyed the game oh sure uh which is kind of amazing like (laughs) i I, i'm really happy about it for sure well because i do think it is a lot of fun but it is also like a pretty personal like project more than some games are like i said Mm -hmm. most more than the stuff that lorraine and i have tooled around with because again we are the stuff we have been messing around with recently is pretty narrative light so there isn't you know a ton of room for that stuff in the things we've been working on necessarily but yeah i can totally see that because people run the spectrum from like oh this was fun to play i really enjoyed you know tool around with this up to like oh man that really got me in the (laughs) you know the feels there a couple times i just needed to let you know (laughs) like how that it made me feel something uh but that's wonderful that's so glad to hear yeah no it was it was definitely a mix of those for sure like i it's been 
and it's gotten quite a few reviews written about it, nice. um, which have mostly been overwhelmingly positive, which is kind of blowing me away a little bit. But, um, <laughs> but the reviews are either like they're, they'll either be like very very focused on like the bosses mm. and the control scheme and like wow how did the, you know this is a mobile game and it feels it's a good action game or whatever, or they'll be like oh, the story made me cry a lot like the story <laughs> like the characters are so fun and I'm like oh. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, do, I do think the writing is really sharp. Yeah, even I, from the like, what was it like, two hours or something that we did on mm-hmm. stream, roughly. Like, I, I, I already liked them for their designs, and I fell in love with them just from that small little snippet. They're yeah. very sweet. Right. I, I love the picture you drew. <laughs> I want to do more because I just did that like I mean, while we were at Yomacon. I want to do like more like legit art of them because they're I mean, very cute. Would, no, it's it's so nice to. I mean, it's just a you know a nice thing to see. It's like oh, someone <laughs> liked your game and it's like you know draw something for it or something. No, it's really um, good. for sure. It's really great. Yeah. Um, and no, yeah. the the yeah the the writing is actually something that's pretty new to me. I um I have written very rarely for I've written small, very very small stories for previous games that I've made. Okay. But. I've never written something that could be considered like a three act structure sort of thing, sure. or like with like character growth and character development, like mm-hmm. you know twists and things like that. So this is probably the first like fully fledged story that I've written. So I'm I'm really <laughs> glad that people seem to be really into it and like have, have like the characters and like like I don't know the world, all the things that happen. For sure. Yeah. Like uh-huh. I said, I'm hoping Lorraine gets the chance to check it out in her own yeah. time and, and play it to completion because I know she'll probably have other thoughts after that <laughs> point because she, she does a lot of creative writing stuff outside of the yeah. game work we do. Like that's just a thing she does, you know, creatively oh, that's not involved with our game dev efforts. And, you know, for my part, I uh, I dabble in, you know, every <laughs> six months or so I might put out like some kind of weird video essay <laughs> thing on YouTube. But for me, the thing that impressed cool. me most about the writing in Boss Game is that my when I'm doing stuff like that, I... My initial, like, four passes are to overwrite everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'll write, you know, two paragraphs and then get that down to one paragraph. And then if I'm doing well, I'll probably parse that down to, like, one meaningful sentence. And I do feel like the language in the game is, like, very economical and very fun. Like, it's it never feels like like it drags. Like, the dialogue all is, like, snappy and, like, entertaining. And the, the characters, the way they bounce off each other feels pretty natural. I just really appreciated that about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it was such a hard... Because, I mean, I said so the first time, obviously, like... I'm, I'm very much the same way where I, I I felt like I wanted to over-explain everything. I wanted to, to really hammer things home. And it kind of takes away from the, like, kind of more natural feeling of the conversations where it's just mm-hmm. two, you know, two people texting each other or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially um, since it is all dialogue as opposed to, like, more like a visual novel where it is, like, you're mm-hmm. writing, like, kind of establishing shot dialogue or, like, describing body language very specifically. It is just kind of, like, text. It's like a chat log, essentially, is what most of the story is told through. That was that was definitely in part me trying to save my own. There, so much of this game was was kind of scoped around the idea of like saving myself effort or like saving myself from doing things that I didn't. No, that's I don't know how to do. Completely valid, like, and like <laughs> I think the game in a lot of ways benefits from it because it's got a very unique feel and voice and just kind of overall style that is very strong as a complete unit and as the individual pieces as well. Thank you. Yeah. No. It, it's it's definitely like. Another, I mean, another major reason I had to make sure everything stayed pretty, pretty sl- like trim, was, I mean, it, it, it is still kind of intentioned to be a game you can play like on the bus or mm-hmm. in the doctor's office or something like something that you can play in like a five or ten minute chunk, which means I can't really like commit to like super long cutscenes, like yeah. or super long like everything in the game is kind of playable within like a ten minute or less chunk, aside from maybe like 
the very ending for sure uh which is you know i feel like it's gotten to that point where you, once you've gotten to that point you can spend another yeah you know, have a long one but no oh, that's awesome and i think I, I did notice that like proactively because at some point like n- not early, not in the early part but probably by like the midpoint of act two on i kind of started watching the uh like because there's timers in the in the gameplay portions where it'll kind of show you like you know either it'll stop when you lose or when you win it'll kind of tell you how long mm-hmm. that fight went and i was like oh these are really like these are a good amount of time for these mm-hmm. fights like like i very much recognize that like it felt it, it felt very intentional in that way that like oh this does not feel like any of these battles are either like so short that they were like boring but definitely not too long that they overstayed their welcome like it felt like pretty mm-hmm. tight like little chunks of gameplay that like you said worked <laughs> right in the amount of time that you might pick yeah. up your phone for, and then like after that encounter immediately put it down and just come back to it you know the next day yeah. or something that was definitely, yeah, again, like, it was definitely very, very much my goal was to be, like, all right, every boss should be, like, somewhere between three and five minutes, right? Where, like, mm-hmm. if you go through a fight, do three or five minutes, that's enough for you to, like, make an attempt if you're waiting for something or mm-hmm. if you're, you know, during commercial break or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that was definitely my goal. But I was kind of surprised at how well I managed to hit that because <laughs> I did not expect it to work out so well. <laughs> but I found that like even through all, all the people who play tested it, whether people really, really were struggling with it and like took a while to get used to the, the, the game and the combat and stuff, or they were like kind of naturals at it, mm-hmm. it would still fall pretty comfortably between like, even the fastest people were still like maybe two minutes or something as opposed to like, you know, it all, it all worked out pretty well where like people fell pretty well into the range between like three and five minutes which is like perfect. Yeah, uh, that's really cool. Yeah, that, that's super yeah. awesome. And again, like I said, like the things you're talking about like that you did intentionally, like I said, I think those are the marks of a, a great game playing to your strengths. I, I feel like people are self-conscious about that too much mm-hmm. in like ways that they sure. like I wish they wouldn't be of in terms of like well you know I can't do everything well so I just feel like so ashamed you just of, get overwhelmed and you just right, don't do anything of, like whichever part of this game that yeah. I know is my like you know my personal weakest thing or like the weakest thing on the team if you're making stuff with mm-hmm. other people but uh but you know if you have that in mind like you know highlighting the stuff that you feel like you shine at is like really really smart and at the same time <laughs> the thing that I love about indie dev that like it's still like there's there's still complicating factors to it when you consider things like you know steam return policies and stuff like that in terms of like how long you want to make certain stuff but Mm -hmm. i do love that indie dev does let people like you can you can be a better editor than like a lot of stuff in the game space now especially in like the free-to-play like Mm -hmm. where where those products are literally trying to extract you know the most time and money possible whereas if you're somebody making a small thing you intend to play you know most people will play it once (laughs) you know and then probably never go back to it that you can make smart editing decisions and be like all right this feels too long this feels too drawn out Mm -hmm. this feels too boring like you you get to make try to make the best choice that you can for all those time-based decisions of like i want people i want the time people do spend with this game to be positive so where Mm -hmm. can i nip and tuck and you know snip stuff down to to try to like really narrow in on what is special and fun and engaging about this and yeah that's the thing i've noticed in a lot of games uh, Mm -hmm. that we've played recently like in the indie sphere versus like stuff that's bigger budget these days or you know has worse business models yeah (laughs) yeah no sure It, it is very much like in some ways again working within my own limitations and kind of trying to trying to stay aware of my own limitations which i which you know I try to do as much as I can during development, but obviously I always, you always kind of break out of your own boxes and like end up making things way too big. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so much of, of games nowadays is like, well, we're going to, we can extend this a little bit or we can, we can make this last longer. Yeah, padding but and bloating. The, yeah. At the, yeah. Really. It has the effect of, of watering things down. And I like to think part of it is, is again, me just trying to save myself mm-hmm. effort. But the other side of it is really just like, I don't, 
I don't want to waste anyone's time, you know? Like, I I have such a hard time sitting down to play, like, a JRPG nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love JRPGs. Like, I grew up with so many great mm-hmm. JRPGs. But some of them, they are so long. And I got a full-time job, and I'm trying to make games and stuff like that. So, like, I, I, I kind of hoped, basically, that it was, like... Maybe there's room for people who are, like, willing to pay a few bucks. Play a game that's just a really solid, dense, you know, few hours and, and kind of get that out of it and be happy with it, you know? Because sure. it's so many of the games that we have in our memory that, like, people really love are just a few hours, right? Like, yeah, Portal and Undertale are all, like, five hours or under. Portal is, like, two hours long. Right. Yeah. Like, people <laughs> love Portal. Like, mm-hmm. is it every minute of those two hours are great, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I, I would much rather try to make a game like that than find ways to make it longer. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And that, that's yeah. true. Like a, a person-by-person basis, I think that varies a lot. But that I think that's also true for me more than a lot of people. Because like sometimes people look at me a little funny when I tell them, like, yeah. I still don't think I've ever finished a Final Fantasy game. <laughs> Not one. Oh, sure. Like the, like in the, at the time, that was even the thing. of Like, these games are just so long. Like the, the two Square oh. RPGs of that era that are the ones that are being the most to me and the ones that I did actually get done were Super Mario RPG and Chrono Trigger. And those games are not short still. Like, you know, Mario mm-hmm. is probably yeah. like 15-ish hours. Quarter Trigger's probably around 20 for a playthrough. But they were short relative to some of those other yeah. games. <laughs> so it was oh, just like... Absolutely. Yeah, it was like a lot of push-pull on your time to like... Uh to finish some of that stuff. So, like, I think I was in that mode much earlier in my <laughs> game playing days. Yeah. Like, like, this is, there's a lot here. Yeah. I don't know, man. This seems like a lot of time. Yeah. Well, I have a couple questions that I think can segue into some of the stuff you just said. One of them being, uh, how did you get started in game dev? When did you first start making games and what made you want to do it? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, if I start from the, like the very, very beginning, like, I, I used to draw, like, notebooks full of Mario levels. <laughs> so, like, when I was, like, four or five, I would have, like, spiral notebooks and I would, like, draw really bad Mario levels where every free space was a coin or something. <laughs> He's like, oh, everything's a coin. Like, uh-huh. But yeah, no, when I was, when I was probably 10 or 11, my friend showed me uh, some tabletop RPG, some rule book that we just read through, but we never played the game. But having read that rule book, I like learned what a TTRPG was, right? Mm-hmm. Like a, like D&D or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I want to write my own and I can just come up with my own rules. And it's great because you just have to write it down on the paper and just make everyone follow those rules and then you have a game. Uh, so I wrote my own TTRPG and it was like really, really not great. It was kind of <laughs> loosely based off of like Fantasy Star 4 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, me and my friends stayed up all night playing it and like rolling dice from our Monopoly set or something like that. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I really was into like the idea of game design since I was probably 10 or something. That's wonderful. Um, yeah, and then I, I got into, at some point when I was a teenager, there's a, um, a very famous, infamous RPG maker crack called by, by a Russian guy named Don Miguel. And basically, RPG Maker 95 or 2000 or both were both like, you could find illegal ways mm. to download them in English, um, even though they'd never been translated or released in America or anything like that. And so I would buy those and try and make RPGs. Or I wouldn't buy them. I would, I would right. download You'd find them. them. Yeah. <laughs> You'd get them. And try and make RPGs. And and I never finished any of those games, but it was so cool, the idea of just being able to, like, here's my character. Like, I, you know, give them a name and a bunch of skills they learned and, like, spend hours setting up databases full of <laughs> characters and stories and stuff like that. And that was where, like, the RPG Maker community is where I, like, really started seriously considering game design and where I started talking with a lot of people who, who I still talk to today, who all make RPGs and who are like interested in the mechanical things about games and storytelling and, and all those sorts of things. And from there, I eventually learned like Unity in college. So I learned how to program like 
more action type games rather than just like RPG makers, very limited. Mm-hmm. But so I, like, I kind of learned how to program from that just because I was like, oh, I really want to make a platform or something. Sure. And that was right around the time when like the, the big 2010 indie boom was oh, happening. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So like I was in college, like right at that time. So all those games were like, you know, Super Meat Boy or VVV or something like coming mm. out. And I was like, oh, I want to make a platformer. I want to make like this kind of game. Right. I want that um, to be me. <laughs> yeah, it was, there was so much like, it was very much like jealousy and envy and inspiration and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I, I kind of, I taught myself how to program and I tried to make lots of little games, but I never really was able to finish much because I, I didn't have much uh, like concentration, basically. I didn't have much uh, focus. No, that's totally fair. And we, we were like in college yeah. right around the same time. Like Lorraine and I met oh, tech, sure. in college in 2010. So I totally yeah. get that vibe. Like I remember talking in one of the classes and one of the classes we were in at that point, just like, oh, yeah, this game that's like really getting traction, like Minecraft. Like it's yeah. <laughs> like, like the Java version has out there for a while, but like, I, know, I hear I remember, things about it, man. Like, I remember <laughs> seeing like some classmates of mine in a lecture playing Minecraft. For the, the first time I saw Minecraft was like on a, a friend's computer while he wasn't paying attention to a lecture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, like, that's so neat. It just, ah. Uh, yeah, but you're right. Crazy. It was a very, like, it was a very inspiring time to, like, mm-hmm. for someone who, like, in the back of their head wanted to make games that were, you know, like, small mm-hmm. and personal and, like, you know, achievable with a very, you know, by yourself or with a right. small handful of people. Like, it felt it felt doable, like, watching other people do it. And, you know, uh, obviously, like, the games you're talking about, like, Super Meat Point stuff, like, that stuff did go on to be enormous. Yeah. But, like, it sure. op- really opened the floodgates for people to, like to get in there and try and you know it led us to the age now where there are like you know 10 million games like <laughs> you know steam will get 100 games a day or whatever mm-hmm. which is a totally different problem but i'd still rather be in you know the world we're in now yeah. where people at least get to take their shot than like yeah. the, the alternative oh, where there are so few people putting out stuff that like mm-hmm. it's just a really walled garden again so you know i don't want to address yeah. in that way it is just you know it's a weird situation <laughs> Yeah, no, the the tools, I, I, I'm always happy to see the tools are getting easier and easier for people to pick up. For sure. And you get to see, because it just means that more more people are able to make games and you get people and, and groups of people who did not, like, previously have access to making games in such a way. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you don't need to spend millions of dollars in software or whatever. Like, you can, so many of these things are free now. Um, yeah, for sure. And you don't need to go to school. Yeah, you yeah, don't no, school, no school necessarily like it. it t- like you said, it, take, it does take an, a tremendous amount of you know like willpower and like dedication. Yeah. But you can learn everything you need to know to ship a game on YouTube if you like really yeah. put your nose to the grindstone oh, and just like grind it out. Yeah. Like it's it's possible. It can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. And it's cool to see. Um, I like. I remember. I think it was Sophie Holden. They made a game called Sarah's Run, and my col- one of my college professors. I took like a couple courses on game design in college. Mm-hmm. And my, one of my college professors had us play that game and I played it and I was like, oh, one person made this game and I really, really like it. And it mm-hmm. was like, it's about someone who like runs up walls and flips gravity and stuff. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, if one person can make this game in like this engine or whatever, like that's actually a thing that, you know, one person can do. Uh, and that was kind of the thing that was like, okay, now I want to try this. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's cool to see. And it's, it's, it's very cool that like we've gotten to that point. Like you said, there's always like, there's still things we're figuring out and there's still things about like it it would be more it would be nicer if more people could 
could make a living off it or at least make something off it. Yeah. Sure. And just get exposure. Right. And like I said, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, if I knew how to solve those problems, I'd be solving them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. <laughs> like, right. If I had yeah. like the crystal ball, they're like, Oh, you just do this. Yeah. And then everybody's games, you know, get played and like make enough money for them to make the next thing. And you know, mm-hmm. we're done. Yeah. Good job, everyone. <laughs> there are, there are so many people who are trying to figure out and I'm, I'm always happy to see them try it. Like, you know, like, uh, Michael, right? Like, yeah, our, right. Uh, I'm so thankful for Michael. Just, like, yeah. Yeah. So much to try and like, promote local games and like build up things um the indie apocalypse scene like does so much yeah. uh there's there's so many things like that that are like people are trying to find different ways and there's probably not just one solution right like most things like it's probably like yeah. we're just gonna have to try different things <laughs> no and for see sure what ends up sticking right yeah but, well that's what's kind of led us to do stuff like this too like from a personal perspective sure. is mm-hmm. that like you know shipping our first thing which our first game down the drain came out in june-ish yeah. like it was a joyous uh for me personally, I guess I would describe it as like a the most joyous devastation I've ever felt. <laughs> I was just like so relieved to be done with like, like we're still Something. shipping a few updates, but I was so relieved to be done with it that I was like, oh, this is like the best feeling I've ever had in my entire life. Um, oh, and then sure. at the same time, like so few people checked it out that I was just like, oh, and not even like, like obviously yeah. there's the like the top level of like, oh, I would, everybody dreams of like, you know, making at least enough money to make the next thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But sure, on top of that, of it was just like, well, what was all that effort for yeah. nothing? If Why no didn't one's we do play it? it? <laughs> Sure. And then, you know, it took me a good month or so to, like, with Lorraine's, you know, amazing support to <laughs> pick my ass off the ground and, like, uh, yeah. get ready to do the next thing. But like, In addition to dealing with uh, COVID at the time, because we, yeah, right. we oh, launched oh, going no. into and then went to GDAX. And then we right, and then got sick. We came with, back we came from GDAX with COVID oh, and, right, God. and it, like, ruined the rest of our June. It was like we were just, like, laid out. It was an being interesting just, like, blobs on the floor. <laughs> After, like, oh. super crunch for a good, like, month and a half to really, like, get our asses in gear yeah <laughs> but um but that whole experience right that whole experience just led me to like man, like like because the other thing we did at gdex was like you know it, which i hope we'll get to go again next year like that's mm-hmm. the plan unless anything like we get God a real curveball yeah. or whatever but it was so fun to talk to other people and like just like we were in the shared table space and like yeah talk to other it people was and check it on their games so and, much fun and the combination sure. of those two things together how much i enjoyed like networking with other folks who were working on stuff mm-hmm. and uh you know, like how crummy that I personally <laughs> like, <laughs> like felt knowing that how hard it is, like in practice now, not in theory. Because obviously everyone knows that, right? Like you know mm-hmm. that there's so many games, and there's just like sure. such a glut of stuff that like probably your thing's not gonna get like a ton of eyeballs on it. And that's not, you know, mm-hmm. even if you in your head think you're not gonna take it personally, you do a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, and you just sure. have to like power through regardless. But I was like, well, if we can like play other people's stuff and like at least get our eyeballs on it. Like I can, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if anyone else will play your game, but I swear if you send it to my inbox, I will play your game. (laughs) And I will like, you know, do my best. Let me know it's there. Right. To to render some kind of positive, like, you know, constructive verdict on it. And, uh, you know, we'll just keep building little networks of of people making cool stuff. I guess I didn't leave with this, but I probably should have, but we really appreciate taking the time to (laughs) to chat with us a little bit this evening. Uh, Of course. No, this this is always fun. Like, Yeah, talking to other devs is fun. Keeping in touch with other people in the community is like, it's fun and it's important. And like, I have found that in my in my experience, like, particip like participating and making friends and and helping out other people in your community tends to pay itself back in one way or another. Like almost always. For sure. Like well, people it, people yeah, help each other out. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, like for my part, the the ways that I've tried to reallocate my time of like the things I was doing with some of my time that wasn't this relative to doing this now. 
uh, like I've talked to Lorraine about before, it, it was just like playing more games that I felt more negatively about. Mm -hmm. Like we have historically played like a ton of Destiny 2 together. And that was at one point a thing we did with a lot of friends. So like there was some level of positivity to it. But at the other point, like that's another game that I would describe as a very manipulative, yeah, you know, time intensive sure. product uh -huh. that wants to wring more out of you. Uh, the more you try to give it. So like easing off on stuff on that and like easing into more indie stuff has been like a night and day. Like it's just improved yeah. my mental state. <laughs> awesome. That's, I mean, that's, that's like, that's great. Seriously. Like I, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to, to break away from games like that. And that's definitely like kind of an issue. It's something I still, you know, juggle with too. Like, cause I, 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 I grew up playing like MMOs. I played a lot of Warcraft growing mm, up. For and... sure. I, I loved Warcraft. I had lots of friends and we would raid and, you know, play it through the game together. But it's definitely something where you're like, man, I, I creatively, like, I want to see so much more. And I know that I would have to take time away from doing this thing. And so, like, in that way, it's been really nice to kind of step away from that and be like, oh, okay, I'm going to, like, try and push myself a little bit more to try new things rather than just going with what's comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can say from personal experience that like I have, I have felt a, a, a positive difference in myself from doing it. And that's another thing where like, right. Like any game like that, like I love card games. So like I've seen people making the rounds with Marvel snap and I'm like, I bet there's really good stuff about this, but also like I can s practically smell that this game will be like a vector for mental illness. Yeah. <laughs> I like let it take hold of me and just like get into that like one more game mode for mm -hmm. like four hours straight yeah. at night where I intended to do other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I haven't booted it up for that reason. I'm like, I don't know, man. Let's maybe let's not. But, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, of course. I, I've avoided, I avoided, I never sat down to actually play Stardew Valley for the same reason. Cause I know oh, that's sure. a game that like, I, I played Harvest Moon a bunch growing up, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, Same this here. is a game I can easily, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very easily get into the one more day, you know, one more day, like one more thing. I'll yeah. just keep going a little bit longer." I, I don't know. Games are such a, an interesting thing, and I think like the only I have a theory, and this is just a theory because it's totally untested, and I cannot <laughs> tell you because I do I I I still do not make enough money off my games to, you know, stop right. working full time or whatever. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I think that. Some of it just has to do with just kind of persistence as a, as in terms to like a lot of people make one game and then stop, right? Mm -hmm. And that's totally understandable because a lot of people will put everything into that one game. Yeah. And I think that if you if you aside from the obvious like every game you make is probably going to be better in the last in most ways, like you're gonna gain mm -hmm. everything you do. But also you're gonna you're gonna gain fans and you're gonna gain people who are interested in you and you're gonna gain like more and more with everything that you do that hopefully ideally uh, that kind of grows over time and snowballs a little bit that's mm. kind of what my what i'm hoping my approach will be uh because boss game is certainly not going to be like the last thing i make right um, i mean we hope not probably. at this point yeah for sure <laughs> like yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever you put out next but yeah, I, yeah. I think you're 100 percent right on that because uh, again i was kind of like wavering on that precipice just at my lowest point and like mm -hmm. again like Lorraine said with you know just coming off an exhausting grind and like covid recovery like i was <laughs> there were lots of reasons why i was down but i like kind of sure. like somewhere over the course of that i kind of tearfully went to my mom and i was like you know because they my parents have been really supportive of us like oh, you know yeah when awesome. we were took like two months to like really go nuts and grind it out they would like bring us dinner and stuff yeah like, they helped with a lot of so I, I almost went to her apologetically and be like look I, I appreciate everything you guys have done for us and i'm like i'm so sorry that like nothing has materialized <laughs> of this product like the, of this thing we built like mm -hmm. to date and she you know sure. she just hugged me and said you know like i'm proud of you for completing something you set your mind to like i'm proud mm -hmm. of you guys for doing that uh, of course and it was just a really validating it was just a really nice you know like 
my parents have always been relatively supportive. I'm very grateful mm-hmm. to them for that. But that in that moment, I really needed to hear that from somebody who wasn't Lorraine specifically, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like just some other person, even you know someone else yeah. who's still invested in me, but like yeah. you know who doesn't really understand video games. <laughs> and mm-hmm. she, she was just like, you know, I'm glad that you guys have done this thing and I want you to keep going. And so, yeah, that's the plan. But I think you're 100% right. I think, you know, as harsh as it feels, because it's just like like everything in game dev is hard. And then the next thing is still hard like like you said even though like certain things like technically you'll learn stuff like you'll streamline processes for like, communication and you know implementing certain features and art and all that to some degree but like every milestone is also it's a struggle like it takes a lot of work mm-hmm. so like just sure. knowing that you have to do that again is daunting but i do think it i think you're totally right i think if you uh it can only get better if you keep <laughs> you know yeah. uh keep trying to make the next thing and you know hopefully everything aligns that like most people will get to make you know their second third you know, fourth, however many games they get to yeah. churn out. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Think... It's not, it's certainly not an easy thing to like, you know, you have to make room for it, which is not always doable or easy yeah. or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, like, I think we have, obviously we have a very uh, winners focused history, right? Mm-hmm. So like when you look at games, you see winners, you see people who made millions of dollars, you see people who are like number one, whatever. Right. Um, Which tends to be that even the people who, I'm going to saying winners here, but you know what I like, Super Meat Boy, right? Like sure. the ones that make any, it. Any any game, Minecraft, any of those mm. games, any of those games that have made a million dollars. Right. Like, and like like fuck you, Lamborghini all, money. <laughs> exactly. All of them, almost all of those people have made tons and tons and tons of shitty games before. Like tons oh, yeah. of games that didn't sell. Uh Angry Birds was like whatever, their fiftieth game or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just it's it's I mean it, it makes sense, you know, it's hard to know it at the time, especially when you've put, you know, years or whatever of work into a game, but it's like hey, this is just, like, my first or second game, or, like, hey, this is pretty early on. Like, of course it's not going to be my best work. Like, No, yeah. for sure. And, and you see that, yeah, you see that in other artistic disciplines, too. Like, I'm no art history major by any means, but I, I do know that there, for a fact that there are a lot of people, like, if you go back to, like, you know, Renaissance-era Italy and stuff, like, like a lot of people will have made, you know, their definitive works in their, like, 40s, 50s, 60s after, you know, mm-hmm. you know making God knows whatever else. So, like, I do think that is really true in a way that, like, at least in, like, contemporary America... Like you said, we're up to, I think we're obsessed with winners, and I think we're ex- obsessed with prodigies. So, like, when you do see people who, like, do something really notable really young, mm. like, it's just a thing that, like, you know. It's like, oh, my gosh, you wouldn't believe what this four-year-old did that revolutionized the game industry or <laughs> right, whatever. whatever the thing is, right. Uh, but, it like, it right. makes you feel like, right, if you're not, like, if you haven't made it, you know, by age 22. You're not going to you know, make it. your first or second yeah. thing, you're, you're not going to make it, right? That's the, the sense you can get, potentially, but, uh you know yeah yeah you you can't like you can't you can't always expect yourself you can't set yourself up to be like i have to make genius art but you could like you can make like great art yeah you know what i mean like you can work hard and get better and make really really good stuff and that's still pretty useful like there's still stuff that people want to see for sure you know well i think the personal parameter is really important too because again you'll never you'll never be happy comparing yourself to other people like and everybody does it to some degree or another but it will never please you at the end of the day Mm -hmm. but if you can look at it like project a you made and then look at project like b and c and be like all right there's at least one thing in each of these later things that i feel better about than the thing before it Mm -hmm. like that's the kind of the 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 level i think people should try to hold themselves to as best we all can is like all right i have taken some part of like my process or you know my abilities or whatever and refined part of it and made an improvement going Mm -hmm. forward from project to project more than like you know looking at somebody else's game and being like well mine's not good and you know, all these ways compared to that thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's not going to be productive. <laughs> I like that a lot, uh, for sure. Um, and so you're competing competing against yourself is okay. Trying to learn better is, you know, trying to learn more and, and improve. 
For sure. sure. Well, and, and the other thing is uh, that I've tried to do more of going forward, and again, is another reason why I hope we get to talk to other developers as they kind of ship stuff and learn things from them yeah. too, is like, don't be afraid to ask people like, you know, how did you implement this feature? Or like, how did you, what, do you have any tips on marketing? Like ask, ask people if they have the, have information that you think you might benefit from. And more often than not, they'll mm -hmm. tell you like, <laughs> uh, but oh, it's sure. like, don't, do not be too so self-conscious about like, like I have gotten in that mode in the past. I know a lot of people have problems just like asking about a thing that they are self-conscious about. Like, yeah. uh, but you can only benefit from trying to like, you know, put the question out there and see if somebody bounces back with something. So don't be afraid to just, you know, ask somebody about like, how did they get the jump to work that way? Or like, how did they reach out to, you know, Twitter account, some email address to try to get somebody to cover the thing. Mm -hmm. Like ask people questions. Like they'll more often than not, people I have found people will try to help you out. Like they'll try to point you in the right direction if they, if they you know, can. know something yeah. the right. If they if they are a little ahead of you on the curve of something or if they know something you don't, usually they'll try to pay it forward. So can't hurt to ask. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've definitely I've definitely found that too. Yeah, and it's it's hard, it's intimidating, but most people are pretty friendly and, and the <laughs> worst thing that's gonna happen is probably that they'll ignore you which right. is okay uh -huh, which no, is fine you didn't, you didn't lose anything yeah of course yeah don't get defeated by that either like but <laughs> it's not because they don't like you it's probably just because they're they're busy or have 800 of their own things going on yeah. so yeah 100 percent. right yeah. everybody's got exactly like they're working on their own stuff they've got jobs they've got you know significant others kids whatever the thing is going on everybody's got a lot of stuff <laughs> for sure well one of my other questions i was going to ask and and the game kind of answered this to my for me to some extent by itself when i finished it but like i was i was so tickled when i saw this in the credits but what are some of the games that have influenced boss game the most in your mind because i know we could kind of name checked undertale is like it's obviously a very representative visual influence but sure. like for your perspective like especially some things that you think might be less you know undertale is a huge game mm -hmm. what are things that in your mind influence boss game that people might have been less likely to hear of like in the kind of games? less likely to make that connection right yeah it's it's very tricky because like i i put that there's a big list of inspirations at the end of boss game but like that list is it's definitely not anything it's not extensive by or exhaustive by by any means because I draw so much from so many different corners and even like now I'm like, ah, oh, I should have put a couple more things on there. <laughs> yeah. So like big visual inspirations were obviously like Undertale, Undertale, uh, Downwell was a big one. Mm. Again, it was again, Downwell, all the, all the one bit stuff was very much like, okay, mm -hmm. I, I knew so I was going to end up doing the art for this game because I couldn't find the people I was hoping to work with, like weren't available. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'll do the own art of my game, which means I have to do I have to do something that I'm capable of, which means like black and white <laughs> character pixel. I, I learned so much animation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of the other things were like I I drew a lot from. Uh, let me see here. One of the visual things that I drew a lot from was Studio Trigger, which is okay. an, a, a Japanese animation studio. Uh, they make a lot of very obnoxious high excitement like high energy yeah over the top kinetic, yelling, like yeah. kill the kill yeah. girl lagon yeah. yeah uh Primari especially was their most recent movie which came out during during the pandemic during while i was working on boss game and it has these very uh very stylish like bright bright primary like bright basic shapes mm -hmm. so there's lots of triangles and squares and hard edges and they're just kind of like there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of flames in the entire movie and all of them are like very jagged and weird and it's just gorgeous and so like all of the particle effects and all the effects I used in boss game were very much driven like I'm gonna try and kind of create a similar effect which which I which I drew a lot from that at least visually which is which is fun because I'd never done any sort of animation before and like I was just trying to find styles that would work but were also like relatively easier for me to kind of you know implement and and kind of see if i could get something from it so that's definitely a big one as far as like visually 
No, for sure. And uh, I think, like I said, I think that shines through in the game, particularly because games need to achieve different things with their senses of like, you know, motion and animation too. Because yeah. obviously with like non-interactive visual media, it's just you want to keep people's attention and draw it to the, the appropriate place on screen yeah. at a given time. Where like, it you wanna, needs to be. Right. You want to like, sure. want to keep people engaged and keep keep them looking at what, the thing you intend them to look at in the mm-hmm. frame. And then with games, there's yeah. obviously kind of that aspect too. But also there's a pushback of like, you want the player to do something about that at some point. And, you know, boss game is yeah. full of that as a, you know, a thing with, you know, sets of scripted like a boss fights so Mm -hmm. traditional video game senses you know a deterministic set of actions where you know the boss will do you know three or four different things and then at some point it'll all loop back around and they'll start doing it again but you need the player to be able to understand and react to sound cues and like you know visual cues for Mm -hmm. to like well they do x i I need to be able to do y and then if i do this fight two or three times i'll like learn it more instinctually i'll really be kind of get the rhythm down um and i did find that to be really well put together in boss game also, like I, th- I like I think it shines through that like yeah. the again animations don't, don't need to be I don't think complex to be effective to be effective yeah um and I think you really nailed that which I, I appreciate the shit out of I thought it was super cool yeah yeah obviously I had a, a really big focus on like the readability of it all because you know because it's so like you said it's so you need to be able to read it to be able to play the game in the way I want it you know mm-hmm. I want it to be able to react and I don't want it to feel unfair I want you to be able to tell what's happening most like basically at all times. Uh, so I did a lot of like frame by frame studies of both like Promar. Like I just would mm-hmm. take uh, like clips of the film and like see how they were moving the particles. Then I did like I looked at like particle effects from Hollow Knight. I looked at particle effects from like Pokemon and just all these different things that they would do, or particle effects or sprites, sprite work, and all those sorts yeah. of things to see how I could get the most out of my very limited skills. <laughs> I mean, especially in, like um, I, it's interesting that you bring up Pokemon because like some of those older ones, like the original like Red and Blue on the Game Boy, like they had so little functionally to work with, they had to make as much as humanly possible out of literally every single pixel, and that's a very good like yeah. I guess economical way to to study sprite work and make it still readable and extremely effective. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, they. I mean, yeah, even just the ways like. You can see they reuse certain things. You're like, oh, they're reusing these sorts of sprites over here, mm-hmm. or they're reusing, you know, whatever. You're like, oh, I can probably do a similar thing. Yeah. Uh, the one of the big, like, as far as like, I guess I would call it like the the game structure. Game structure inspiration was this game, and this one is in the list, but it's uh, it's a game, an old RPG maker game by actually a friend of mine named Craze, uh, or he he goes by Craze. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's called Wine and Roses, and the gist of it is it's more or less like. It is a a small, short JRPG. I think it's like less than five hours. Mm -hmm. And it's just a series of very highly tuned, like very tactical um, boss fights. Hmm. So it's it's all unique encounters where everyone has, each one has a different strategy and all the enemies have different like tactics they use and like you can fight against them in different ways. And so you can like, that was very much kind of my inspiration for boss game, which was like, I wanted to make a, like boss game started off more as like me going in a in a JRPG direction, and the my basically my thought was the only way I'm ever gonna finish this is is, is if it's only bosses. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Entirely, my like design intent was like, okay, I want to make a JRPG. I want to have the feelings like as many of the the feelings and trappings of that kind of big world and big story and cool characters. But I also want to finish it someday. <laughs> so like, so like, how much can I get out of just boss fights? And the concept was so like compelling to me that I had to make it. So no, that's great. That was definitely a big one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
No, oh, that's um, wonderful. And a lot, a lot of games start have started out that way too. Like, uh, wasn't um, Rain? Do you recall Cuphead was like that, right? I think like that game was just originally going to be literally just a series of boss fights, yeah. and then I think it blew up. Like, you know, the art style drew so much attention that they mm-hmm. like were flooded with a torrent of money, and then eventually kind of yeah, added like a little the, yeah, platforming like the, to it, mm-hmm. which still I don't think is necessarily the highlight of that game, but it is another mm-hmm. you know example of that of like dialing on something uh, you know really tight and achievable, and then. You know, if you get the chance, you could work backwards from there. But. Yeah, it's kind of amazing how much having a small scope to begin with is extremely helpful and very effective when making any kind of game. So you can always, like, expand out once you, like, know where you're at in that scope. But dialing back can really <laughs> be a challenge, especially if you a lot of it means a lot to you. Sure. Well, it's also a good way to lose a lot of work. Like, that, to, yeah, to, that's to, true. To lose a lot of man hours. Mm-hmm. Like, if you do, like, you know, three different things 40% of the way and then eventually yeah. you decide to cut one of them, it's like, oh, well. That's a bunch of labor that I'll never get back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it's much easier. Yeah, like you like you said, it's very easy to to add more scope later if you feel like it. <laughs> like if you feel like making a bigger later, you can always come up with ways to do that. For sure, cutting stuff is hard. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. One of my other questions about platform is, uh, how do you feel like it has been to release a game on mobile? Was it always your uh, intent to release boss game on mobile and then eventually do a Steam version, or did did you back into like one of those over the course of development? I'm just curious how that kind of decision making went and what your thoughts are on putting out a thing with a price tag on phones these days. Because again, that's the other like I feel like you know five seven years ago, whatever it's been when, when the when the market was more like felt more open to games with definitive like you know narratives or definitive gameplay loops coming out on mobile platforms for a set price whereas now we've gone so far down the rabbit hole of free-to-play stuff that that has bled over into you know console and pc and beyond like basically the opposite has happened like mobile got worse and kind of is starting to take the rest of the game industry down with it as opposed to you know uh, the opposite. Absolutely. Yeah, I would just be curious on what your thoughts have been on that. Because uh, I really enjoyed the game. Like, I don't think it, uh, I think it's really well suited to phones, but there's mm-hmm. that, like, you know, like, do, how many people do want to pay for, like, a one-off couple bucks for a phone game? I hope it's a lot of them in the case of Boss Game, but mm-hmm. go, yeah, what, do you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, thank you. Um, Yeah, no, I, uh, it was definitely, there's definitely a lot of thoughts I had going into that. So I knew pretty early on that I wanted to make Boss Game a phone game. Fairly early on, like, as I had been settling with the mechanics, I'd made I've made a couple small phone games before, okay. and I kind of always love making phone games for whatever reason. It's mm-hmm. always just kind of I don't know. It's an interesting challenge, and it's it's such a device that like like you've said, like it's it's become renowned for or infamous. I guess would probably the word sure. to use uh, <laughs> for all the just absolute garbage that people flood it with, or that like big companies try and you know make massive gotcha games with, yeah. or whatever um, games that are trying to find different ways to siphon money out of you. But it's 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 really depressing because like it is it is the most ubiquitous gaming device in the world, right? Like everyone has yeah. not everyone, but everyone has a smartphone. Like like you know, more people have smartphones than they have PlayStation fives or mm-hmm. PCs mm-hmm. or whatever. So the fact that it is so like resoundingly known for just like either like hastily ported games that are overpriced or like games where they just kind of like oh, we're going to slap a, 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 a full, you know, PS2 controller on the screen. Oh, right? yeah. Um, or gacha games or games that are just trying to wheedle you for money. And and so a lot of me was like, okay, I had a self-challenge of like, I bet you I, bet you I can make like an action game on mobile feel good, <laughs> um, which was my, like, it was really just me trying to 
find a way to challenge myself as like a creator. It was like, okay, can I do this? Can I make it feel good on phones? And then two, there was a part of me that was like very obstinately like, I refuse to make anything that has like ads in it. I refuse to make anything that has like gotcha in it. Like yeah. I, I, I like, so there was, there was definitely a level of like, I don't know if rebellious is the right <laughs> word, but just like, I was mad about it. So I was like, I want to make a game that's like really good. And you can also play it on your phone. No, for sure. Yeah. So, so I designed it from, and, and the only reason, like truly the only reason why it works so well on phones and why I, th- I think phones is like a really great way to I don't think it's a lesser experience than like the PC version is going to be mm-hmm. is because I, I designed it with that way from the ground up. Like I knew that I wanted to make it a, a game that felt like a full complete experience that you weren't losing anything on your phone. And it was, you know, it's hard and there's obviously lots and lots of restrictions that come with that, but it did kind of force me in, in, into interesting design directions that I think ended up making it kind of a more unique game. And I like, I, I, Another one of my my theories is like a, an independent game dev, and I, it's so weird because I feel like some sometimes even even smaller indie devs kind of lose this sometimes. But like, I I I have zero desire to try and compete with bigger games. Mm-hmm. Like I have zero desire to try mm-hmm. and do the same thing that some AAA company is doing, but like smaller, even just like smaller and and whatever. Like even if it's a little unique, like I'm like, I I can you know because I can't. I can't do that. I can't compete with, I, I can't beat any, right. anyone yeah. bigger than me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I can go sideways. Right. So I can make weird, like weird sort of things or like weird control schemes or so much of boss game is just being like, okay, I'm going to try and make something for a very specific subset of people. And hopefully <laughs> at least that subset of people will really, really like it because nobody else is making games for them. And that's, like, very definitive of a lot of the decisions I made for boss games. No, for sure. Um, no, that's awesome. Well, I, have, I, I had two other questions in mind, but I'll ask one of them now, since <laughs> that kind of is bounce, bounces off really well, I think. Uh, in terms of narrative, because we talked about gameplay sure. stuff a ton, but mm-hmm. uh, was the intent yeah. always, like, from the time you started making this game to make it, like, a fun, like, gay romance narrative? Or, or did that come later? Like, did you have to dig deeper in yourself to, like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this, like, gameplay idea I have and, like, back myself into making it more personal? <laughs> like as as it evolves. No, so so I um no. So to answer that question right off the bat, it's like I knew it was going to be from from this iteration of boss game to like I've made previous iterations of sort of similar games that were kind of related to this that I've wanted to make over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was always just about Sophie and Emma. It was always about these girlfriends. <laughs> they were going on adventures together. Um, so most of the plot came together later and later. Like I had to kind of work out plot things but i knew the central focus was going to be on like two girlfriends who are in a relationship and like fighting fighting bosses for some reason <laughs> um a, a huge wishes another one of the weird inspirations for this game was there's a i think it's a pretty well-known yuri by uh milk morinaga who's a, a pretty well-known yuri comic artist writer and she wrote a series called girlfriends and it's about this like it's it's kind of it's a pretty lighthearted like cuddly school <laughs> yeah it's like like it's like lighthearted school slice of life stuff mm-hmm. um but when i read that like i kind of drew from that into the characters that would eventually become sophie and anna <laughs> So like they 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 they're very very loosely related to like the main characters from that <laughs> gotcha. from that series, and obviously that series is like all about like kids going to school as opposed to you know fighting demons or whatever. Mm-hmm. But from there, like I knew it like okay, this is a story I want to tell, and I know I'm gonna make a game about it. 
And then that sort of eventually became this like, you know, lesbian devil hunting realm. <laughs> but it was it was it was tricky because like I didn't have quite as much especially during development, I had I'd have questions. I'd have some sort of questions for myself and I, I you know, self doubt where I was like, Oh, is it really smart to like, you know, be as blunt about this or is to be as, you know, how how smart is it to like how many people am I gonna like turn off from playing this game? Mm-hmm. But it really like I tried to I kind of try to follow the thing the the kind of like I said before like I would rather make a game for people who are not who do not typically get games made for mm-hmm. because they're probably gonna really like it yeah. <laughs> right like how, or hopefully hopefully they would really really like it rather than making just another game that's like you know that's that anyone might sort of kind of like as yeah. opposed to have mm-hmm. a very strong reaction right. to of course yeah of course exactly and like oh it's more generally broadly appealing but like in a very you know oh it's kind of fine way or whatever and and it really like i you know i i I didn't approach i tried to avoid thinking about things too heavily from like a marketing angle sure i I had the kind of like oh i don't want to ruin my art sort of thing Mm -hmm. but (laughs) but i I did really like i was a part of me i was like you know what i'm gonna just put faith in the fact that like if i make this game really really gay and really really obnoxiously bluntly gay Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) Hopefully, the people who are into that will be really into it. Yeah, uh, and more or less, that has been the response. So, <laughs> well, that's great. Laugh. I'm really glad Hi. to hear that. That's fucking awesome. Because uh, uh, no, the other thing there is like been... you're right. Like like the I, I I'm glad you ended up going the route you did because it's just like a very you know <laughs> it's a very easy to to try to back yourself into like like I feel like if you go even like too far down that rabbit hole of like like I, if there's someone out there who's going sure. to object to the mere concept of like you know a lesbian right. action game then like fuck them anyway yeah like, whatever oh uh, of course of course like like they'd go somewhere else leave yeah. me alone <laughs> yeah no i, uh, I don't want to i tried i tried to do my best not to pull any punches oh uh, but no so that's was... great and and i'm glad that you like the reaction has been that way because like you said it is i think it is way more important i think you're a thousand percent right that it is way more important to try to be you know both true to yourself and try and to try to make something that will like really deeply mean a lot for a handful of people yeah. than necessarily something that will be like relatively like l- more loosely well received mm-hmm. to a much wider swath of folks. Like, uh, I'm really glad that you ended up where you did with it. Yeah, thank you. No, for sure, me too. Um, I seriously like I I'm very glad I didn't I didn't pull any punches as far as that's concerned. Because uh, it's really just so much of my own anxiety, just being like, oh, I don't know, is this a smart idea? Like, oh, what if people hate me or whatever? <laughs> uh, and you know, you can't deal with people getting mad at you or whatever. You can't do anything about that. Yeah. So for sure, like you said. Yeah. Well, like I said, you can't it. like you can't account for people who are just like dipshits. But uh, yeah. uh, in a lot yeah, of ways, of their minds are already made up. <laughs> right. But for so. my part, you know, like I, I'm fairly cishet like <laughs> fairly like i've never been in a gay relationship <laughs> gay relationship that i can recall oh <laughs> scandals um, but i th- but i think there's truths to just like you know needing somebody and caring about somebody mm-hmm. and, and and wanting to be with them that like like regardless of you know who is in a relationship of you know what orientation or whatever like that that speaks to everybody uh, and i just course, I, re- I, ho- I found I that really endearing <laughs> about the game i just I really enjoyed that part of it yeah I, I would hope so i would hope that everyone can kind of get something out of it um yeah, but it's that's really great. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to specifically ask you, which is kind of a sort of back away from narrative stuff, but it was just a thing I had been personally curious about in terms of porting the game over to PC platforms. So I, the, there is a Steam version coming out at some point, correct? 
Um, how has that yeah. process been? And was that always in the cards? Did you, after you had settled on phones as like the premier like launch platform for sure, did you always know you wanted to build a version for PC? Or did that come about later? And how's it been going? Like how is, because like you said, it is a very well-tuned game for touch interfaces. Mm-hmm. Like I think it works really well. So there's definitely going to be, you know, a moderate amount of adaptation getting it into like controller or keyboard you know, inputs. So I'd just be curious how that's been going or what your thoughts are on that process. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely, like at some point, I, I like I said, I, I developed it from phones on the way up or from the, from the ground up rather. And, but a lot of my testing is obviously I'm still making it on my PC. So a lot of my testing I did, I wrote some pretty basic uh, controller controls mm. for like an Xbox controller early on. And I got pretty used to them. And they feel pretty good. Mm. So... I, I I knew, like, at that point, I'm like, okay, I can feel good about porting this to PC, and it's not going to feel like you're losing a lot of of, of, of the experience, or it's not going to feel clunky. I will say that uh, controller plays a lot better than, like, on your keyboard. Mm-hmm. I do have keyboard controls, but, like, as with, like, a lot of kind of action games, like, it just feels better to have a controller. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so, so as far as the controls, like, the controls are basically already implemented. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't too bad, <laughs> but there's lots of little things. There's lots of like I've never I've never worked with Steam before, so I have to figure out how Steam integration stuff works. Mm, um, gotcha. I have to I have to do lots of you know kind of tedious stuff as far as like okay I have to make sure all the menus are navigable with a controller yeah. and a keyboard <laughs> as opposed to just by your touching on them. So there's lots of little stuff like that, and and frankly it's been going a little bit slower, mostly because I'm catching up on my real work, my real oh, sure, my real sure. job. Because yep. <laughs> um, uh, I definitely slowed down on that a little bit, like during the the boss game, like the lead up to sure, or after yeah. boss game released. Uh, so I'm I've spent a little bit of time catching up on that, and making sure you know that they still <laughs> like me. Um, and uh, but it's it's going pretty well. It's mostly I feel pretty confident that it'll, it'll be like a really solid version of the game especially if you have a controller if you have a keyboard it'll still be totally playable it'll probably just feel a little clunkier for sure and i also want to do some extra content stuff i want to i have like a side story that i'm I'm writing a little bit and have some like remixed bosses that i'm gonna do i thought it would be kind of fun to take the bosses that you play early on in the game that are relatively much quicker and easier than the later Mm -hmm. bosses when you're kind of used to it all and then just try and like Totally rework them into something different, but uh, with sort of the same vibe. So it's one way for me to kind of like reuse some of the art assets and stuff like that. Nice. But I also get to make some really cool, fun, hard bosses. <laughs> so nice. I have some ideas for stuff like that that I'm I'm working on for the Steam version too. That's really cool. And that'll also go back to the phone. So oh, nice. Thank you. No, that's great. Awesome. Well, that's good to hear. <laughs> uh, very cool well I think that's exhausted my list of explicit questions I was going to ask Lorraine is there anything else that was off the top of your head you were interested in uh, I mean this I just had fun the whole time <laughs> I don't know if I have anything super specific to to really add at this point okay right on well Lily do you have any other thoughts for us uh, as we kind of wind down here of like anything else you want to share about the game uh, or or your process or like obviously if there's anything like you know definitely tell people where you can where they can find you by the time we like kind of close it out sure. there, but. yeah no uh yeah, I'm going to do my best to keep keep working on it. I'm going to keep trying to make games like this. I like making, you know, like I said, the games you can play over a weekend or games you can play over a week. A lot of my games in the future are probably going to have lesbians in them. So. Hell yeah. <laughs> so please, please tune in for the lesbians. Um, Every genre in I, <laughs> match I, three I like, lesbians. I, like <laughs> I do, I do, I do have one of the one of the concepts I have. I have a few concepts. I have no idea what my next, my next game is going to be yet. But one of the concepts is... Bullet hell lesbian. Okay. Hell yeah. So something like yeah. So big shoot 'em up with lesbians. Enter the we'll galgen. See, we'll see what I, 
Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, well, I will say um, that's another thing. Like, I think we had talked about it maybe when we talked about the game, like separately, like in the episode mm-hmm. previously, like that we where we were discussing it. But I, I love the back to back nature of it. Like the the fact that like the two inputs are of the characters are technically independent, but they still support each other. Like it is both really fun in a gameplay sense, and it ties in really well to like the mm-hmm. narrative of the whole thing. So I don't know. I just think that's really neat. Like I'm glad that it came through Thank that you. way. Yeah. It's, uh, I. <laughs> So so much of boss game. It's it's hard to look back and and pretend that I I did this as some sort of stroke of genius because so much of it really feels like it's like, yeah, that really worked out, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I put it together and it's like, oh, it really feels like they're working together, but I don't really know how I did right. that. Right? Yeah, exactly. No, one hundred percent. Well, yeah. just take credit for it. Like yeah. it was, it was my brilliance yeah. the entire time. Like I am really really smart. Right. So. Uh-huh. No, you um, knew deep down yeah. that that's what it was going to yeah. be. That's right. Yeah, I did. I did. I did for sure. Amazing. Totally intentional. Oh. No, it's just lots of little, <laughs> lots of little tweaks that kind of ended up. Yeah, no. So I'm gonna. I I like making action games. I'll probably try and make some other kinds of games as well. But yeah, I don't know if if you if you sound if you're interested in that sort of thing. I'm on social media is weird right now, so <laughs> I'm on all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everybody's figuring but out. I'm, I think basically, yeah, exactly. So I think on Twitter, I'm on Twitter co-host one of the Mastodon instances. Right. Tumblr. <laughs> I am I am at it's me Lily V. And I'll, I'll link oh. to at least one or two oh, of those in the show yeah. notes too. Yeah. So we'll, uh, Perfect. We'll make sure. That I also have an itch an itch page if you just want to follow my itch page too. That you'll find out of all my games that way too. Yeah, uh, and you know I'm gonna keep keep trying to make cool action games. <laughs> keep trying to make cool games about women i don't know no that's great so, uh, like follow said, we'll, for more cool action lesbians right Let's we'll go. be uh, we'll be looking forward to, to playing more of them in the yes. future uh, awesome thank you so much but yeah other than that i think that'll just about do it uh so boss game is out now on android and ios yeah uh and it will be out on steam in the not too distant future presumably yeah, you can you can, can wish list it now on steam, it, yeah. i believe yeah that page sure. is up yes and yeah i think that'll that'll just about do it for uh, our interview this evening but thank you so much again yes. for taking the time to hang out for a bit we really appreciate it yeah thank you both for having me seriously yeah it's been great so yeah i know we'll be you know we'll have some correspondence in the future hopefully we'll get the chance to talk again and yes. then uh other yeah, than that absolutely uh yeah you have a great <laughs> evening you too thank you so much yeah. all right we'll see you later bye bye-bye all right <laughs> that was wonderful <laughs> this will be I guess this will be as good a segue as any uh, but yeah L- Lily was awesome mm-hmm. uh, we're so appreciative of her for taking the time to hang out with, with us for a little bit and talk about Boss Game like I said I really do enjoy that I'm glad I finished it mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a lot of fun I do hope Lorraine gets the chance to finish yeah. it at some point too I, I really want to play it for more than what I watched and mm-hmm. this is cute I like yeah. it the last thing we're going to do on this episode of the podcast before we wind it out for real yeah. uh, is we've talk about... we've already confused the cat because we said goodbye and that's right. not leaving. Uh, is talk about the game we played over. Oh, so we didn't play two things. We played one thing because we missed the Thanksgiving week Correct. for streaming stuff. But we played Greek Tragedy yes. uh, the other week. Um, and that game is cool and weird. <laughs> and like I said, I don't know 100% how I feel about it like right at this moment, but I'm interested to see more of it in the future. Mm-hmm. So Greek Tragedy is a uh, survival horror, like very PS1-tuned kind of thing, where it's very your, much like those original Resident Evil yeah, games. Yeah, your or Resident like Evil, Silent Hills. Um, Alone in, or is it Alone in the Dark? Is it? Oh, gosh. I don't remember if that was from that era or not. It might have been later. But, but yeah, it's very like very much trying to emulate those games, both visually and, and functionally, yeah. where you play as... God, do you remember the character's name? Amy? Might, that might be right. I hope that's right. But you play as a... Oh, you're going to try to find it? I'm going to try. <laughs> um, a young college student on a college campus, and 
Eventually, some creepy shit goes down. To Amy, I was right. Have to run and or fight your way out of some mm-hmm. Get the tense taser. situations while solving puzzles along the way. <laughs> Be a sheep. <laughs> Sometimes you are a sheep. Uh, I did really like the cold open. Yeah, that was uh, neat. Of that game, that is very neat. But it is, like I said, down to a down to most of its details. It is a very mm-hmm. PS One inspired thing. It's got fixed camera angles. It's got tank controls. It's got distri- discrete save spots and save points. Yeah, and a minimal focus on combat in the final game. I assume that's the thing. Like, so we played the demo. So uh-huh. this game There's is not a out yet. Demo on Steam and maybe also Itch, or is it just Steam? potentially both? But it's definitely on Steam. Definitely so you, on Steam. Yeah, if you want to check right out the demo now. as it exists right now, you can go to the demo that we played on stream as well. Correct. You can go to Steam right now and download it. Mm-hmm. But uh, that demo ends with basically the introduction that, like, oh, yeah. there will be some combat elements to this game. Yeah. Like, uh, they kind of give you a little stun gun sort of thing at the end of the demo and be like, and it descri- the the ending of the the demo section describes like, oh, hey, this is a thing you'll be able to do in the full mm-hmm. you know version of this. So that is doesn't really exist in the demo that we played at that point. But I'd be really curious to see how that integrates with the game and how it feels because mm-hmm. that also looks like it might be a little different than. Like some of those games in terms of uh, how like ammo economy and stuff works, because I'm again the only Resident Evil game that I have like a significant amount of familiarity with is four. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think the the ammo stuff like actually is very similar in four to those earlier games, with the exception that like four is tuned very differently. Where like Resident Evil four is an action game. Yes. Like Resident Evil four wants you to blow people's asses out with fucking shotguns and big ass <laughs> hand cannons and like. SMGs or whatever else you get your hands on. Mm-hmm. Like, like go buy, you know, multiple what bazookas. What are you buying? <laughs> right, go buy multiple bazookas and, like, blow this, like, weird, tiny little... <laughs> Spaniard. <laughs> Spaniard to pieces with them, right? Like, the game wants you to do that. But those earlier games are very much like, if you do not have to fight, don't. Like, yeah, uh, these dogs gonna are going to fuck you up. Run away from them. <laughs> um, and um, and from my very like loose recollections, the ammo situation very much like reinforces that. Where like mm-hmm. you know you only get a couple of shots like in every given room, so you you better use them very wisely. Yeah. Uh, but in Greek Tragedy, it looks like it'll be more of like that's the stun gun has like a few charges by default, and then you can like refill it periodically by touching certain like consoles or something. Mm. So I'll be curious to see how that might pan out in the final game because like i said that's not really in the demo so yeah it's just a there's a lot i'm wondering about when that game eventually ships but the, the like i said the thing that is the most interesting about it to me is that it is such a slavishly devoted yeah uh, representation of games from that era like it is very much going for visually control wise like all of it is going for that you mm-hmm. know ps1 style survival horror thing like to a and t like kind of like what we were just talking about with boss game like i think that that's clearly a very deliberate choice and that is trying to appeal to a specific niche slash need this is for people who like those games and maybe people who are just kind of interested sure. like can well, also get enjoyment out of it too and beyond that clearly like austin and you know I, there, there's a decent Crew. chunk of people on that on that i mean we watched we watched list, the, but, the uh, credits and kind of broke the game like but. i don't think you make a game that that's that much like that unless you have a real appreciation yeah like you personally really I mean, love those games it, back in like the day. it looked like it could have fit right in there uh-huh. like aside from the like cutaway graphics where it was like very clean like clearly digital art that wouldn't have been able to render on like a ps1 in that state <laughs> sure. like the rest of it just the feel the atmosphere the like kind of voice acted but still kind of like too quiet or chunky like 
I mean, I know it did say like to play it with headphones or whatever, like in the dark to really get the atmosphere, which I think also it's kind of indicative of like sitting too close to your CRT television with the lights off to get Mm -hmm. that kind of like vibe. Like I think all of that is working together really well to make something I am extremely unfamiliar with and I've never really played. But it's like I can recognize that it is like there's a lot of care put into it for like everything, Mm -hmm. even in such a short little demo. And I think that's really neat. Yeah, for sure. Um, And yeah, that's the thing where, like I said, it just goes to show like different people's either design focuses in general or design focuses on specific projects. Mm Mm-hmm. Because for me, I don't know that I would ever make a game that's that devoted to, to something that old school personally. Um, yeah. Like a good example of, from our perspective of things we've worked on is when, as we're working on Super Cucumber, which is the platformer that mm-hmm. we're, you know, building that'll be hopefully out sometime next year. You know, that game is very much a reflection of Mega Man X and platformers like that from the Super Nintendo era. But it's through a funhouse mirror and not like a, a one-to-one. Like... Yeah, there's a lot that has been deliberately changed about it. Some ways very subtle, like that, that lots of people might not not notice on an initial pass but like that has been very deliberately tuned to not feel like those games like a good a good a really good base example would be the control stuff mm. which you know originally we did only have like the face buttons doing actions yeah and then later on we added the dash to both of the triggers mm-hmm. uh, because you know back in the day if you're playing Mega Man X on Super Nintendo the two most important actions you can combine together are to dash and then jump mm-hmm. and on that platform the only way to do that is to basically kind Make of push claw. two of the face <laughs> buttons right mostly at the same time <laughs> so you can either like take your big fat thumb and kind of like try to slide it across both of them or like you descri- described Lorraine you could do the claw and kind of like hook your whole hand under the <laughs> controller and kind of like use your you know index and middle finger to kind of like piano yeah. roll them that way and like for my part when i'm playing that game more often than not i do it the old school way mm-hmm. like i will i will either claw it out or you know just fat finger it just take my <laughs> big ugly thumb mm-hmm. and just like really slide it across the, the front of that controller as someone who has been playing that game <laughs> since it was like first incepted like my only instinct is to roll from dash to jump because that's just what i'm more familiar with right, I completely that's what the only ignored. thing that was there originally yeah, right i uh, built up so much muscle memory during its but in early terms of people like in a contemporary sense like i do not want, want to hold other players to that personally mm-hmm. for that project like i don't want them to to have to endure like <laughs> what can, we endured in that era i can understand being very deliberate about control schemes in a lot of like as a design choice mm-hmm. but in this instance, it doesn't really benefit. Not in the same way that having tank controls in Greek tragedy benefits the vision of Greek tragedy. No, you're absolutely like, right. Us hamstringing the controls to make it feel like just limited when we don't have and just like completely ignore like mm-hmm. other tools we have available for accessibility, I don't think is doing anyone any favors. And two, and then like also to Greek tragedies, like in i don't know what um, word i'm looking for but like you have ways to fine tune it in ways that the those games probably didn't have like movement speed turning speed was it aim speed was the other one like reticle speed yeah just like like right the Um, the first person right which like those those options definitely wouldn't have been exposed to players back in the day Mm -hmm. like you just you played by their rules but they're letting you like you're still playing by the developer's rules, but you can, like, there's wiggle room for you to, like, dial it into something you're more comfortable mm-hmm. with. No, you're right, because that brings up a whole different, separate, interesting conversation of its own. Because you're, you're correct in that, like, it's not a perfect one-to-one analogy, mm-hmm. like the thing I'm describing in Super Cucumber oh, yeah. versus the thing I, the way they are in Greek Tragedy. Because as you said, in Super Cucumber, it really is just an input, like, barrier to entry. Like, yeah. there's not there's not really much else underlying it it's other not than, a, like, it's can not your a, fingers yeah. do this? Or is it comfortable for it's them to do like, this? It's not, like... 
intrinsic to the gameplay as much as it is how you play the game. Right, correct. Whereas with Greek Tragedy and other games like that, other survival mm-hmm. horror things, one way that they reinforce the fact that to kind of like is a stressful ham- yeah, to make that it is, more stressful is to right. hamstring your ability to control correct. anything. Yeah, like the 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 tank controls do to some degree. Like right, that You're is an intentional them. part of them. <laughs> yeah, is that like it, because you are not particularly mobile or agile. Mm-hmm. Like you really need to pick. You're not even, like wave dashing across the floor. Right. Even as like this the like the angles you enter like you. rooms in or like you know like it's just it's just a much more it's much more involved with the whole with mm-hmm. other parts of the game that if you were to step away from that you'd have to readjust other things around it to, mm-hmm. to kind of make up the gap if that makes sense right. No, of, for sure. Of still like kind of backing your way into a thing that still feels like very intense and very creepy, um, and where you're, where the character feels very like to some degree helpless, right? Like if if your goal is to make people you know terrified of the situations you're, they're in always like you can't be resident evil for leon s kennedy where you can literally <laughs> kick everything that comes at you in the throat uh and like fucking throw a lit cigarette <laughs> the explosion behind you like like those those other resident evil products or mm-hmm. like silent hills and stuff they're not like that the, the intent is to make you feel to some degree weak and overwhelmed and like fighting for your life and i, di- I definitely think it's possible to do that but that's even a whole other like design pattern to fall down and follow down at that point right is like for sure if yeah. you want to take a thing like that and update it to more modern day like but you still want it to mostly have the same vibe mm-hmm. like you got to replace that stuff with something um, yeah you got to figure out a new way to like and i still think that can be done with like you know balancing the combat in a certain yeah. way or the enemies or you know just the environments like I, there are ways that i think that can be achieved but it is just a totally different ask at that point which is just really interesting to me Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of taking things that are cool about old games and either again bringing them forward in a very dedicated like as original as Mm -hmm. you know can be managed on modern platforms versus trying to do a more loose adaptation that maintains you know much of the same sensation and vibe but does materially change a lot of things uh-huh. to try to make it more contemporary. And they've done that. Like, I haven't played any of them, but I know that, like, for the most part, the most modern, you know, there have been <laughs> too many remakes of those games, but the most modern remakes of, like, Resident Evil 2, mm-hmm. I, think, I think they might have done all, all the first three. Yeah, I think they've done the first three and are talking about four. Yeah, four is coming out next year. Yeah. I think early next year. But the, like you know, Capcom has done that due diligence. They have they have done that mm-hmm. with those products. And I, again, I haven't played any of them, so I'm not like I can't personally speak mm-hmm. to like how well they achieve that effect. But the Capcom themselves is out there doing that kind of work, which is just interesting. Yeah. <laughs> As someone who hates being scared to that degree and mm. is stressed at almost every instance of my life, I don't like horror games. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I get that. But I can at least, like, I really do appreciate what those older games were going for with the technology, power, and tools they had available. And I think that's what makes Greek Tragedy so interesting to me, even though I don't think I'm ever going to really play it just because uh, the aforementioned reasons. But it's so interesting, it, just with games in general, how much you can change a certain thing. Because, like, I mean, it, like, they're cinematic angles, these fixed camera angles or whatever. They're like distorting what would be a completely normal looking room in literally any other instance but it's like you have a hallway and you can only see where you've been and not what's in front of you so like what are you gonna find whereas in like other games you can just turn the camera around however fast you want and just see everything find nothing yeah (laughs) because it's the end of a hallway no you're totally right i think that's just one of the cool things about 
scary video games that like is so different than m- the movies that they're attempting to emulate with some of the tricks that they're using. It's just like because that level of interaction is so interesting and so much more stressful <laughs> that I can't handle it. <laughs> I'm baby. Hello. <laughs> Wah. <laughs> I mean that's really fair. Well, the other thing that 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 game has that like I do think is more easily adaptable, but I like this is the part I think that I like was tickled the most by from the the demo is that it still has a lot of that like you know you'll find a lot of weird ephemera like in the environment to go into your inventory, um, and there's a lot of like you know use A on B right yeah a lot of like adventure gameish puzzles that, <laughs> the bananas like, on the floor now <laughs> right uh, rub a chicken with a pulley in it you grate like, it almost. you you rub the apple on the grate now it's a mess. <laughs> But yeah, there's a lot of stuff you could pick up in the environment and in a very, like, you know, probably even slightly further than, again, from my very, very loose recollections of how those other Resident Mm. Evil games worked. Because there, I feel like it's a lot more, like, sliding block puzzles and, like, you know, just pick up the (laughs) ram-shaped, you know, block and then you put put it in in the the ram-shaped door. (laughs) Yeah, the the, uh, Greek tragedy to me feels a little more adventure gamey where you just get a bunch of stuff and you don't necessarily know what it's used for immediately until like, you know, a room or two later, Mm -hmm. uh, you you, you realize, oh, I have this quarter, what do I do with it? And then eventually you find, you know, a washing machine that takes quarters and you go, oh, all right, that's what I do with it. And it's like, you need two quarters and you're like, damn it. Yeah, so I thought that stuff was fun because yeah. the, mo- the, that's there's a lot more of that puzzle stuff in the demo than like I said anything else because it doesn't get super tense until the very end. Oh, of it's it. te- I was tense the whole time. Well, I mean like actively <laughs> threatening where there's like there was a, a, a force the, that you need to flee from in the opening <laughs> when you were going through that water room and that hand. Sure. I hated it. I, get, I right, hated it so much. It's definitely got vibes the whole uh, way through, but like like you don't. It doesn't reach panic mode until. Oh no, I was in panic mode near, the whole time. Near the end of the demo, at least for for me piloting it or whatever. Everything was panic mode. Uh, and but yet yeah, I most solved the, all your right, puzzles. Mo- most of the gameplay, right in the the demo as it exists right now, is puzzle stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that stuff was cool and fun. And again, I like the, like I th- I think that's fun to just like find stuff in the environment and like, no matter what you click on, there's usually some little goofy piece of mm-hmm. dialogue that you know, describes a silly way that it didn't work, <laughs> like you said before, yeah. uh, which is a lot of fun. Uh, As someone who flavor. has never played many, like, of those old school uh, adventure games, aside from um, Spy Fox, which is an incredible video game by Humongous Entertainment, <laughs> I really like that just kind of general vibe of, like, you get a bunch of stuff, you figure it out, but also I'm, like, a weird, like, completion perfectionist in a lot of bad ways that would just make me very stressed out about games like that who do it, like, more deliberately. But it's just cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all. But like you said, it is it is very neat. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I'm still not, like, a like a tank control guy, personally. Like, that had, that was a thing that drove me off of playing a lot of those games originally. Mm-hmm. Like, the Resident Evils and stuff of that era was, like, I just couldn't get my head around it. And that even extends to, like, there's, there's a pretty definitive verdict on, like, the Metal Gear canon. Mm. where Metal Gear Solid the Twin Snakes the GameCube version is yeah. like almost universally maligned I think by most people <laughs> as being like the one that fucked up <laughs> Metal Gear tonally <laughs> but for me like that game got me into Metal Gear because it was so much more playable than Metal Gear Solid 1 on the PlayStation with like oh, the top down camera and, rope, and like like you know that game didn't have tank controls necessarily but it was still more obtuse yeah. than the games that came later 
so for me, like that, that like I said, I just kind of needed that to get into that game sure. and other ones later. So I'm appreciative of that game personally. <laughs> but you know, it's just, it's just I, I still respect the shit out of again, like having a vision and executing on it, of deciding like, Definitely. all right, we loved these games back in the day. We're gonna make a thing like I that. I want to make one of those, and then you right. go and you make one of those. Uh, and yeah, exactly. And you know, it'll be awesome for us. And it'll be really fucking awesome for people who re- finally remembered that stuff because there isn't a ton of that stuff floating around anymore. Mm-mm. Like I kind of said, I think that's like games that are tuned that way are becoming a dying breed. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really neat. And again, the demo is a pretty tight vertical slice. Yeah. Like it's not super, super long. It's probably like, I think that stream only lasted about an hour, 10 minutes or something. Something like that. Yeah. So I'd be curious to see what the full game, like how, how it kind of pans out, like how much of the campus you cover. It looks like a decent amount. Yeah. From like what I can tell. Of the the chunk that's in there where the kind of I mean like, even that like the whole building area was like a good like that was a good amount of content and I can only imagine what adding more chunks of that in presumably like bigger scopes as it goes along will end up looking like mm-hmm. be neat but yeah I'm really excited to see how that game yeah ends up when it ships <laughs> I know it'll probably be coming out like sort of soon here uh, and at some point I suspect we'll talk to either Austin or you know him and some combination of potentially other people from that team. Like yeah, once it's I'd out, like you just kind of see how that game, you know, what they feel about it after it's out in the world mm-hmm. and like what early reception's like and stuff. Uh, and I suspect this is not the last time we will <laughs> hear about or discuss Greek tragedy. In some I hope way. not. But yeah, that'll be out, I think, like I said, I think soon ish. So probably. It is fr- wishlistable on Steam, and that's where the demo we played is as well. Yeah, so I would guess like loosely the first half of next year, but who the fuck knows. But as Lorraine said, it's, it's on Steam right now to both play the demo. Mm-hmm. Wishlisted, so mm-hmm. if you're into old school survivor horror, I would definitely check it out. And with that said, uh, do you have any other thoughts on uh, Greek tragedy? Because mm-hmm. I said, said other than like you know what we discussed, I think it's interesting. Looking forward to see what it's like when it's out there in the wild for real. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I've got anything else super specific. It's just not a thing that <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> That's fair. I horror not your bag. Would choose n- to engage with, but I can definitely appreciate from afar. Definitely, right on. That'll be out. I will be stressed out. And I will panic. <laughs> That'll be out in the not too distant future. Yes. And I think other than that, I think we might call it a show for yeah this evening. But uh, that was a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. So Lorraine, thank you for hanging out this whole time. Oh, yes. Again, our very special thanks to Lily for mm-hmm. stopping by and chatting with us. Like We really appreciate when any developer <laughs> takes time out of their busy schedule to come talk with us about their games and game dev in yeah. general. It's always a lot of fun. Uh, we're definitely going to keep doing more of it in the future when <laughs> opportunities present themselves. Definitely would really like that. Yeah. And we will basically call it a show. So, yeah. you know, you can find us at Cubicorn Games on Twitter. Uh, if you search for Cubicorn Games Mastodon or co-host, those are still out there, too. Or slowly but surely <laughs> branching out into more uh, vectors of social mm-hmm. media. The podcast itself now, I, I finally mm-hmm. did the due diligence to make it available on pretty much every default mm-hmm. platform where podcasts exist. Like, we had been on the Apple podcast app for yeah. fucking forever. But now it should be on, like, Google, Samsung, Spotify, oh, Amazon wow. Music. Damn. So if you want to, if you want to hear us where, jabber on about wherever bullshit, you listen to podcasts <laughs> right, on an ongoing basis, you can go subscribe to us on any of those platforms wow. and a few others that I don't remember off the top of my head. Those are all a thing now. Fantastic. It'll be live streaming on Thursdays yep. for the foreseeable future. I haven't th- I haven't talked about it with you yet, but I'm thinking maybe we'll take a week or two off at the end of December. I know what we're going to play this coming week. Okay. The day after this goes up. Dun, dun, dun. And then I'm thinking maybe we'll play like one more thing after that, and then maybe take a couple weeks off for the holidays. Yeah. We'll see. But we'll let you know about that on the next podcast. We will definitely record at least one more podcast also before the end of the year. Sounds great. And then we'll go from there. Wahoo. Yeah, you can find us streaming on twitch.tv slash Cubicorn Games. You can find archives of those streams on YouTube uh, at 
Cubicorn Games. And if you've got a game you want us to play, hit us up on any of those social medias or email us at podcast at cubicorngames.com. Yeah, that'll do it. And with all that said, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. We will be back in a couple weeks with another show. So until then, we will see you later. Bye.